Hi. Hi. How are you? There's a lot of chaos in my personal space right now from dogs and everything. Um, um, So, sorry, everyone who's listening, which means no one. Welcome to a shoe obfuscation with Celise Papasian. And this is Talking Fandom with Celise and Aaliyah. Yay! 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 Uh, fan can mean one thing to one person and something else to someone else, especially if that someone else is a judge. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, today, we want to talk about Dead to Me. So, Aaliyah, um, what, why don't you start our Dead to Me discussion? Okay. I chose Dead to Me because I thought it would be fun for us to have a a revisitation of how much we see our friendship in their friendship and ourselves in them. So much. So much. But then, but then. While I was enjoying that so much uh, that I accidentally read some credits, which, you know, I'm sort of opposed to doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my fandom goes to the opposite way. I know. You like to read, and so you read while you're watching, and it's, like, extra data, and you love it. And you're like well, most I people. I, yeah. I don't read while I'm watching, though, because then I can't pay attention. So Right, but you read credits. Yeah. Yep. Whereas I'll, like out of my way not to yeah so i'm trying to get over that i'm trying to get over getting out of my way get i'm trying to stop going out of my way not to and read some more and guess what i noticed when i let myself read some credits what that like it's my favorite guy that made it oh that produced it yeah who mckay oh okay i heart mckay mckay yeah right okay Um, okay yeah I love that Christina Applegate is a producer also yeah well and I love that Christina Applegate is playing a character that has had a preemptive (laughs) double mastectomy yeah and I love that she's so much like me yeah I feel like Liz Feldman, well, Liz Feldman, along with a couple other women, are usually the writers of the episodes. Um, and it was actually created by Liz Feldman, too. Um, but yeah. I, I feel like, Liz, have you been spying on me? <laughs> right? No. Okay. Like, so you leave. know me so well. <laughs> I have so many conspiracy theories about that. You have no idea. <clears throat> I'm just going to close my little mouth and we'll talk about another time if you invite me for a conspiracy episode. <laughs> okay. Don't hold your breath for that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm a lot like Jen because she's very angry and yeah. just like, just, um, <laughs> a lot of cussing, a lot of, what the fuck is wrong with you in your face type of stuff. Um, yeah. Which I really relate to. Um, I love that Judy is afraid of her and it's like, you're scary when you're angry. Yeah. Um, I find that my friends have responded that way to me as well. Um, yeah. I just, and you know, um, there are so many things the way about the way she deals with grief and the way she interacts with her kids. Um, and the way she hates herself to, you know, so many yeah. I identify with. And um, I love Liz for creating this show. I also find that you are very much like Judy. So much. So much like Judy. So much like Judy. That you guys even look a little bit alike. Yeah, because she <laughs> uses, because she does similar things with her face when she's yep. like, Yep. contorting it towards like yeah yep. she's like oh but I want to understand where you're coming from no I'm here for you I'm listening like and just a, yeah it's like a yep. whole thing that her face does that my yeah. face does too yep yep I notice it all the time um I love that they um in the end have ended up 
each accidentally killing each other's husband. Yeah, totally. Um, You know, I also, (laughs) I feel like, you know, when I'm watching it, I'm all, that's like me and Aaliyah, because it, it seems like every episode, Jen will get mad at Judy for something or not even mad at her, but just be like, what, you know, what is this or frustrated or irritated? Oh, yeah. Like, like every episode, couple of episodes. Yep, she's like, yep, fuck yep. off. Never again. Yep. Yeah, and then by the end of the episode she's like well you know I love you I just right. understand you sometimes you know <laughs> and, and sometimes Judy's like you do no I didn't know that actually <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um I I love it but I love this dynamic that um you know that they can be honest with each other and that they have each other um you know even if they feel bad about things they've done to each other or they're mad at each other or whatever, you know, I feel like the show really is about friendship. Yeah. I mean, like you and me don't have any like weird, crazy stuff we've done to each other. Yeah, I agree. But like, cause we have a common enemy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, But like, So it's not a perfect parallel, but like the imperfect parallel that exists there, I think really, really speaks to like um, a person, like people that are very proactive about how they respond to their emotional landscape and people who are very like uh, avoidant in how they deal with their emotional landscape or even just passive and uh, you know and don't proactively go you know seek out to work on that or whatever but like that they're just passive you know and kind of wait for well to me the difference between passivity and avoidance is just like semantic yeah well but there's a bigger difference than just semantic because they're they're words that have definitions that mean things right yeah, but I mean, they're very, very close in reality. Yeah. Sometimes uh, sometimes you have, like, for example, let's take a color on the spectrum of colors, like num- color number 2774XF or whatever the fuck you have to say to a computer yeah. to get that pixel, right? So if you take that pixel of color and then you go to Crayola and they call it flaming orange and you go to Prisma and they call it uh, orange number 73 and you go to fucking ancient Greece and they called it whatever the fuck they called it like that to me that's what a semantic difference is is when you're taking one thing as being described with different words which give nuance and color to the culture they came from not the thing itself right yeah well, that's a whole nother episode is words and definitions and semantics and, you know, Word. that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah, that probably should be a whole series. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that called, would actually be it. It's called English class. <laughs> no. Well, no, but seriously, like um, exploring and uh, and deconstructing modern language, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many more words. Like, we have so many new words in our lifetime than, like, our parents on their lifetimes by our age. Like, we had a bunch of new technology, and now we got a bunch of new words. And there's more to come, because we've noticed, we've already noticed in a bunch of places where we're like, oh, we don't have words for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and one of the new words that we have that our parents didn't have is fandom. (laughs) Yeah, word. And so, what actually is the definition of fandom? Do you know? I don't know. No. Well, I will guess what I'm doing. You're looking up fandom. Okay. Thank you. Um, so. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to give it my best shot. This is what I love to do is lay odds on whether or not I'm right. So I'm. let's so, see. I'm going to give it my best bet. And then you're going to. Is the state or condition yeah. of being a fan of someone or something. Broad. Um, the origin 
comes from fandom late 19th century. Yay! <laughs> um, so, yeah, fandom is the state or condition of being a fan of someone or something. And Probably the first time in history where people legit like had so much free time that they could choose a favorite to pay attention to instead of themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the so uh, also uh, you know a lot of times fandoms will have names. So like yeah. I'm a Doctor Who fan, so that makes yeah. me a Whovian. Whovian and so, Trekkie. Yeah, Trekker. Yeah, uh, Trekkies and you know, um, yeah. So, what are Dead to Me fans called? So, I don't know. Do we need to ask Liz? I think somebody needs to tweet Liz. I think we might need to decide. Just make it up? Yeah. Um, have you thought about, and the show's still going on, so, you know, we haven't by any means come to the end that we know of yet. We know there's another season coming. But yeah. have you thought about why... It's called Dead to Me. Yeah, of course. I think about this a lot and I don't have, I feel like I need to wait till the entire series is over. Sweetheart, I think you're overthinking it. Do you? Yeah. What What do you, why do you think it's called Dead to Me? Um. Okay. This okay. is what's, this is what, this is what I'm, I've learned from trying to be a writer. Apparently, there's a thing called a, buddy comedy uh -huh. a bunch, there's a bunch of examples of buddy comedies with men two and a half men being one of them because we love chuck lorry yeah uh but there's not a lot of examples of buddy comedies with women because the structure of a buddy comedy includes like a fist fight at some point yeah and they don't know how to put a fist fight between girls and in this in this case the fist fights are more like they're murders instead of fist fights yeah. And so it's just a buddy comedy with girls. And so they're just like this, like it, they, I kind of, I mean, and, and often with stuff like this, the structure isn't, I mean, sometimes the structure is what it's, what's brilliant, but sometimes the structure is just whatever. It's just to hold together someone's very, um, an opportunity to demonstrate these very deep uh, characters that they have either had like <laughs> realized that they are or see in someone else. Right. Yeah, I like in the first season. Even um, Steve says to Judy, "What kind of a friendship is based on based on lies? Lies." And she's like a very like compl a complicated one. Yeah, a complicated one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because you know the lies aren't really the foundation of that friendship, even though it might might have been what started it. Exactly, like our our friendship in from his from that terrible definitions plays like yeah our friendship is based in brainwashing right right and 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 trauma bonding and yeah other and stuff. like we're not like that's not at all the nature of our friendship right right so yeah that's I like that about theirs that like it started out yeah of course complicated because it was based on a lie and Judy knew what she was doing when she went and befriended Jen but you know it didn't stay that way eventually she's honest with her and they still stay friends anyway, you know, and then the friendship is based then on probably more trust and honesty and, you know. Oh yeah. Like it would have been based on lies if she hadn't ever fessed up. And yeah. so like, I kind of think like in some ways for me, at least as a, in my like, wow, I really identify with this character one of the reasons I identify with her is because like the person that she doesn't respect comes to her and tells her you're doing something that's outside of alignment with your values. And instead of like outright being like, well, that person is outside of alignment with their values and my values. So fuck them. What the hell do I care what they say? I'm going to do whatever I'm doing. She still was like, oh, but they're still right. Yeah. And then and then still took the risk to be like, I'd rather like even though she, you know, she was really like sideswiped by how hard she took it, which was foolish on her part. But she, like me, has fantasies about people and expects herself instead of expecting who they are. Right. Yep. So it's all very interesting. Yeah. 
I, until I rewatched it the other day, uh, had forgotten about uh, Ben hitting Jen at the stop sign. Like, I totally forgot about that part. And it's, you know, she's standing up in front of the city council and she's like, who's going to get hurt or who's going to be hurt by a stop sign? And she's the one who gets hurt by her own stop sign. <laughs> I just, I like that. That Nice. Well, I, I didn't make it all the way through the second season. I just got into the very, very beginning of it. Yeah. But I have um, seen it. I mean, I have seen it like two or three times. I just didn't get to right. study it. Yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. What I do remember about season two is that, is that I thought it was really like, uh, I thought it was effective writing that the dude who she socked in the face to get away from him was the dude on the council that was like, don't give this cunt what she wants, you know? Yeah. 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 He's and like, I was like, cool. that you want to keep your city safe when you're going around punching people in the face. <laughs> right and she yeah. was like excuse me yeah like, and, then, and then they called her miss and she's like don't call me miss i'm yeah. a full-grown fucking woman <laughs> yeah yeah i love it yeah i love it i can't wait for season three i wonder when it's gonna come out i haven't seen any release dates yeah well you um, know covid so what does what so we read the definition of fandom but what does fandom mean for you because it's not just being a fan of something right I mean I think right. for us and for people who participate in fandoms of all kind it's way more than just the state of being a fan of someone or something so well, and one it? of the things I personally have noticed is that being a fucking big shot celebrity in no way precludes you from that group right Every celebrity has that one other celebrity that they're like, oh, no, I would shit my pants if I met them. Yeah. And like, that's what I find really beautiful. And as an artist, because like, I'm like, yes, I have fandoms, but like, I'm also an artist. So like, at no point do I like, like, maybe it's because my mom was an artist and I went to art school young. And, you know, like, right out of high school, I went to Otis. And like, I've always known so much about the nature of artists, like that they're so emotional and particular and peculiar and uh, sometimes really, really narcissistic, you know? Yeah. And so like, I feel like as an artist, part of the way that I try to temper that part of my nature is by putting myself into the, that audience seat and experiencing other people's art, that that's like part of what I do actively to keep myself from slipping into like artistic narcissism. Yeah. Um, for me, fandom gives me a safe place to be. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I I think it's just, I think there's a lot to it. But for me, I can uh, participate in these stories, um, you know, down to the smallest detail and experience ups and downs and happiness and sadness and joy and anger and frustration and all of these things. And it's a safe place to experience that because none of it's actually having to do with me. So I get to experience this range of emotion in a safe place, in a safe world where I'm not really a part of it, but I still get, um, you know, to participate in it emotionally. Um, And that's like a safe place for me to have whatever emotions that I'm having. Um, I also... Because it's also a place I can go to to be understood. Um, I feel like a lot of writers out there somehow spy on me and understand me. (laughs) And uh, they just know me so well. And so when I watch, you know, these shows that I am such a fan of, I can 
um, feel understood. So, you know, even if no one in my real world understands me, whoever just wrote that sentence totally gets it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I find so much uh, solace in that. Um, Well, see, can I just say something? Yeah. On my little Facebook screenwriting group that I like to frequent occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally frequent. Haha. Um, there, there's a guy there that I'm in like an ongoing debate with because he thought that it was really silly and stupid of me to say that I found film medium to be healing. He was like, "Film me, a film movies never healed anybody." I was like, "Oh fuck you!" My gosh, yes they do. Like <laughs> what the fuck, dude? You've been spending too much time backstage. Go out and talk to them audience members. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I mean, you know, having come from a plentiful brainwashed, abusive, traumatic environment um, and not really knowing how to interact with people in any way other than the abusive way I was taught, I actually watching all like 20 seasons of the Kardashians actually changed Mm -hmm. my life and helped me work through some of that PTSD part that doesn't know how to interact with people or how normal people interact with each other. And I hear everybody going, the Kardashians aren't normal, that's TV, blah, blah, blah. I give a crap. They're like, whatever. Yeah, watch it. And, you know, yeah, some of it's- Well, see, I'm I'm sorry, but like that that Kardashians shit was so powerful- that it got to me through you because I never watched it, yeah. but I still learned about nonviolent communications. I still learned about yep. uh, conflict and repair method and was yep. able to apply it in my life because yep. you told me about it. Yep. I, yeah, the break and repair with, you know, relationships and friends, um, how to, you know, what arguments look like between people who have not spent their whole life being abused and in raps. Um, You know, like I really actually learned a lot from watching the Kardashians. And, um, you know, I, I, I get that people think it's just TV and it's all scripted and it, you know, but it does change people's lives and it can help and it can teach. Um, It just depends on you know, from what perspective you're watching it and, and really, I, I guess, how you process your thoughts, right? And, and how your thought process works anyway. But yeah, TV, I mean, there have been plenty of shows that have completely changed my life. Um, some for the better and some for the worse. Really? Yeah. What's yeah. an example of a show that changed your life for the worse? Uh, Shameless. Really? Yeah. I mean, so there it was it was a a, a double sword kind of uh-huh. thing. So yeah. one of the things I got was um you know, cuz I come from a brainwashing envi- and abusive environment where I'm better than everyone else. So one of the things that it really showed me and this was a good part was that I'm not better than anyone else. We're all just people trying to put some freaking bread on the goddamn table right it's like okay you know we're all just people doing the best we can um and it also made I I mean I guess in that same kind of route so it normalized for me um like drug usage and, and you know minor criminal behavior that I'm not a minor criminal but I do struggle with addiction and have for many, many right. years of my life. And watching Shameless kind of normalized that for me. Right. And uh, in some way, the way I processed it was that I made it okay for myself. Um, right. And so, yeah, I have been, you know, my life has been definitely affected by TV shows. Some in great ways, some in not such great ways, um, but... But the idea that we're, like, in some sort of entertainment vacuum and somehow it's not by really affecting our psyche because it's fake... Right, is not true. That's absurd. Yeah. That's is how, this is how artists in the industry excuse themselves of the responsibility of the psychological consequences on the society of the shit they fucking peddle. 
Yeah. I also think, you know, though, because uh, one of the assumptions of capitalism is that we are all working with and making decisions based on complete and accurate information that, you know, uh, it's, it's also, you know, we have to just all on this planet be educated enough to be able to watch TV responsibly. (laughs) I mean, I, I think that's just the bottom line. You're but, saying that that's the answer, or you're saying that's the problem, or you're saying no, that's, I, I'm, I'm just it. saying, I'm just saying, you know, I, you know, the creators and writers of Shameless aren't responsible for my thought process and how I process that TV show and the message I got from it. That's like, you know, my own responsibility, and I need to be responsible for my own, you know education and thought process i mean if i watch tv and i watch a movie like okay uh slender man that whole youtube thing and those girls killed their friend right and uh, like you have to you know i'm not some people are literally not educated enough and by the way i don't care if they were teenagers my son was more educated than that when he was a teenager that they thought it was real he's already smarter than that shit they thought it was real, and so they went and killed their friend to give to Slenderman. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous, but they thought it was real, right? So it's really, you know, we all have to educate our kids and, you know, create uh, these people who are able to watch TV and, and watch entertainment and absorb it and and be able to do it responsibly and at working with complete and accurate information so they don't think Slenderman is real and go out and kill their friends. I mean, you know. Right. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying now. That yeah. like, Because from my perspective, the, the way I see it, I think what I'm seeing and when you're about the same thing you're seeing is like the the medium, the film medium is actually so powerful that it like like democracy, right? It yeah, requ- it requires participation. Yep, active Which is- thought, like critical thinking, participation, and understanding participation. And what you need more than anything to understand film medium is you need arts education. Yeah, and fucking, what do we just cut out of our funding first? Everywhere you look. Yeah, like so that TV works better on the babies. We can sell them more soda. It's so sick. Yeah, <laughs> I see this advertisement all the time on Peacock. You would love it. It's this guy, and he's walking through, and there's, like, all this stuff everywhere. It's, like, people buying things. And then he goes, when you're laying on your deathbed, like, what are you going to regret more? All the things you didn't buy. And then he opens this door, and there's, like, a family spending time together on the beach. And he's, like, or all the places you didn't go. And then it says, save money for the important things. Uh, That's kind of a twisted, like... Backhanded. Think of you. Every time I see it, I think of you. <laughs> you you think of me because I would grow like because you think I'd like it or because you think it would gross me out. I, I think of you because just simply because of your such strong feelings about advertising and um because well, it, he's 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 advertising selling something that is intangible. Right. And so because you can't, you know, an experience isn't tangible, whereas, uh, a, you know, a, a purse is something that I can hold. And right. Use. And and so it's I, I just think of you because of you, you're such strong advertising feelings, not that you'd like it or hate it one way or the other. I think I just I I think it's funny because he's like twisting up consumerism. Yeah. To, you know, he's twisting it from buying tangible items to not tangible items, which is so funny because that's a really hard thing to get people. People don't like to spend money on intangible things. Like nobody likes to buy insurance, but everybody loves to go grocery shopping, right? Because they <laughs> it's tangible and they can take it home and they get to pick what they want. And insurance sure. state makes you have it. You don't have anything to take home except a stupid piece of paper and it doesn't do anything for you and you can't use it. Or, you know, people don't like to spend money on intangible things. And I just think the way this entire advertising campaign is trying to shift that thing, which is usually so repelled by us as consumers is hilarious and it just makes me think of you every time I see it. Can I complain about it? Yeah. 
like number one, the things that bother me, there's two things that really bother me about it. Number one, uh, yes, it's, it is poking fun at that, but it's also replacing it with, uh, none of this shit can make up for the fact that you can't afford to take us all to Hawaii. And And then like, and then like most families can't afford a vacation. That's why they don't do vacations. It's too expensive. Uh, so number one and number yeah, two, but, I mean, you know, essentially what he's saying is if you stop buying that fucking latte every day for five bucks. Yeah. Okay. Know, okay. But know, the other yeah. thing that bothers me about it is that he's selling the intangible product of time with your family as if that is not accessible without going on quote unquote vacation. Like you want to, yes, value the time of your family over all this bullshit, but you don't need to like wait until you get tickets somewhere to do that. Just buy and shit and look at each other. There you go. Like it's, it's it's leaving out the most important part, which is that all that shit's actually don't actually need to buy anything, but they're still like, well, but buy tickets later. Yeah. So that's all. Rant finished. Other than that, it was very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I have three young 20-somethings barging into my house. Oh, dear. Now about to be very loud. So I am going to do some damage control on these kids. And um, I'm actually going to watch Dead to Me again. I, like, have watched it one time all the way through and a half. Can Can we talk a little bit more about it, though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I was really, really moved again by uh how much they love each other. But it was the fact that it was uh the it was the executive producers of Adam McKay and Will Ferrell who are these clever, clever guys who are doing yeah. clever, clever things like don't look up. Yeah. Um. And have been together forever. Like he started with Talladega Nights. Like they've always been friends. Yeah. And so that reminds me of us just in itself. Uh, and my my question in my in my mind is, what else is he trying to say with Dead to Me? And you talked, you asked why do I've thought about why it was called Dead to Me? And okay, Dead to Me, you know, because it's the duality of first. <laughs> First, one lady's husband is dead to her, and then the other lady's husband is dead to her. And the fact that they keep walking out on each other and the cliche, you're dead to me. Like, that's basically the messaging that um, the blonde is giving the brunette every time. Yeah. You're dead to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then and then there's, you know, there's all different, you know, that, you know, the uh, the guy says that he's dead to the she's dead to the girlfriend, you know, right. Yeah. Like the, the fair thing. And there's all these play. It's a, it's kind of a large play on words, but I think that what you're asking about what the title means, I think there is probably something more, something deeper, and it might shed some light on like what, like I'm also trying to figure out about, okay, Adam, you don't do anything like just for fun though. Right. right, like he, everything he does is real hardcore propaganda, which is I love that about him that he's not yeah. out there just like saying blah. Look, I learned words. He's like, hey, I learned words, and uh, we need to think about this thing. This thing is a real thing we need to think about. Yeah. Uh, so, what is he trying to get us? Because obviously, you and I are clearly his target audience with this right. work. So, what is yep. he trying to say to us? Do you think with this? That's a great question. Um, and again, some of these answers I think we won't even have until the series is completely finished because we don't know what's going to happen. We can all, right, we can only talk about what's happened up until this Do you point. Feel like, uh, I feel like at this point, though, we should be able to at least to some degree postulate something about what the nature of the question that he's trying to incept into our minds at this stage in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, I I think that there's a message about friendship. I mean, it, you know, even, um, you know, even the detective, she's crying and she's like, do you think I like being the person who never gets invited to the party because they're afraid I'm going to arrest them for smoking pot? 
you know? Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't have any friends. And then Jen's like, I killed Steve and buried him in the woods because he said something into me and it made me angry and I just flipped out. And then she's like, I don't feel like being a cop right now. So you can right. Right. And so, you know, I think there's this, even with all the characters, there's this, you know, illustration of women, um, you know, middle-aged women and, and friendships, uh, you know, it might even include making friends, it might include keeping them, it, it, you know, um, I think that she, when Jen's like, I love that we've been together every minute for the last three weeks, but it's getting a little codependent and <laughs> some space and she's like okay and then she's like oh you want that space to start now <laughs> oh oh now yeah, yeah you're now. like did Get you think to yourself face. oh my god me and Aaliyah have like literally had that exchange <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> I, I thought you meant like next week so but I think, <laughs> I think friendships you know making friends keeping them being a friend having mm-hmm. a friend um you know um boundaries uh, so, but where does that tie in with our title of dead to me? I mean, yes, there's like the that's sarcasm. I, that's often what I think about. And sometimes, um, like I've always, I, well, sometimes, okay. So do you think like, that he's ne- trying to ne- talk ne- about the bonding Netflix, nature of death? So Netflix went to Liz and said, Hey, Liz, we want a show about two women that are friends but it's, you know, messed up or whatever. Yeah. And they didn't give her really any anything other than that. And so, you know, she sat down and she thought, like, what would just be the most messed up thing ever? Like, like what if they if, killed each other's dudes. What, well, or what if a woman accidentally killed my husband and then came, came and tried to make friends with me and, like, stalked me and me, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, you know, but then it turned into it, it and, turned into and right. then they became best friends. Right. And so and then all the other stuff that happens, but they're still best friends and their friendship just gets stronger and stronger. Right. right. Even though, they, you know, Jen gets mad at Judy like every day and everything. It doesn't matter. Their friendship continues, even right. though they lie to each other, even though they kill each other's husbands, even though. You know, all these things, right? It continues to strengthen through all of it. And, you know, so what is he trying to say to us as target audience, or what, what questions he's trying to get us to ask? I don't know, but I feel like he's trying to get us to look at the nature, maybe, and state of our friendships as middle age. Do you think that he's, do you think he's trying to talk about the bonding nature of death? I don't know. I mean, I, I do. Or even that's just me. I, I think that um, because this is a dark comedy, right? I think I, I don't really get that even though these people have died and that's, you know, a main uh, crutch to the storyline and the plot. I don't think that actually that's really where a lot of energy gets focused so you feel like the title is really just uh that you are you think you're reading too much into it it's just a clever quip and that's all yeah i don't think it's even though even though we're presented with grief but i mean a lot of middle-aged women deal with grief right i mean we we people that are dying now in our lives and you know i mean we're like 50 and well, you know, we like just because we don't have midlife crises in the same way that men do, we still approach death. Yeah. And but I, I still feel like I feel like it's more about how they are dealing with what's happening in their lives in terms or in regards to each other and themselves. Yeah. Well, and in that way, I feel like they're they're really good legitimate female characters because they're dealing with death in a in a uniquely feminine way which is to make new friends build new life yeah well except for that really jen wasn't trying to do that jen didn't want friends jen didn't want (laughs) friends but it only took one night for her to call that bitch on the phone even though she was like and when she was like what are you wearing she didn't hang up like she liked her she liked all that attention she liked that safety and comfort that she was offering well she needed it that first night yeah and then but Mm. then she was like 
you're weird. Um, <laughs> and so. But oh, that's what she needed. She needed a girl that could hear her say, you're weird and not walk away. Yeah, which is honestly how I feel every day of my life. Like, why can't somebody just hang out with me even though I tell them they're fucking stupid sometimes? Well, you, <laughs> you know? tell me I'm fucking um, stupid sometimes. Know, you're still here. That's why you're like that's I know. But that's the thing is like on those days when you're like, oh, my God, Aaliyah, you're so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like in my heart, like because we have so much history. I'm honestly, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I can just laugh it off because I can't. But in my heart, I am just like, oh, shit, man. Crystal's having, I mean, Solis is, Solis is having a really fucking hard day. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, but I'm just about- worried about you. I'm not like, you know. Because it's not about you. Yeah. Because I know that, <laughs> right, because I know that you respect me and love me. And that if you yeah. can't express that in this moment, you're under an enormous amount of stress. Yeah. And I'm not sure that those two characters are there yet with each other, but their beats look a lot like the early beats of our relationship where we're earning that trust with each other. Yeah. Um, And it's funny, that first night when they're talking on the phone, actually, because that's in the pilot episode. So what we've seen is we've seen Henry say, Mom, will you lay with me until I'm asleep? And then she's like... And then we hear her say that to her. Yeah, Yeah. until I'm all the way asleep. I, I like that, like... So sweet and beautiful. That vulnerability. Yes. You know, um, yes. That he just suddenly had. Um, well, and that's what I mean about, like, she needed it, too. Like, yes, this girl did a horrible thing and then offered her accidentally precisely what she needed. Do you know, remember when Christina Applegate did a movie called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Yes. Okay. Well, when they're all sitting at the table... And in the pilot episode, and Charlie's like, you don't even know her. She could be some crazy psycho, you know. And then uh-huh. he's like, I have good judging character and people or whatever. And then Henry goes, except for that one babysitter. She's yeah. me out of your evening bag. And then Judy's like, I hope she's okay. And then Jen looks yeah, up. She's goes, dead. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And see, I feel like maybe that's the... Dead. Maybe that's the title is actually meant to be just a place to bring those jokes to all the time. Because, God damn, there's a lot of death jokes in this show. Yeah. But, I mean, that was, I feel like, just a, a reference to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. It might have been. And I just think it's funny because those are the things I notice. That's where my fandom goes. Yes. My fandom goes to noticing all those little breadcrumbs and right and chocolate chips that are laid throughout uh things you know because i you know for me fandom isn't about a show fandom is about a creator and a writer sometimes it'll be about the acting but if i love greg garcia and i love what he did in this one show you better bet i'm gonna watch every show greg greg garcia has ever done (laughs) right yeah i'm that's where my fandom goes because if i love the show so much well, where does this show exist? Where well, does the Solis... story come from? It comes from this woman's brain. So that's really who I love, right? See, the, the thing is a lot of these fandoms that I love, my deeper fandom is I'm a big fan of Solis Papagian. Mm-hmm. Like you are the one who I tell people there's only like three people in this whole world who I'll just absolutely watch something just because someone told me. Yeah. And Solis, like, like, because I've not watched things you told me to watch long enough to realize that that's always the wrong move. Yeah. You know, you're not the first one who has come to me or who has uh, applauded my TV selection taste. I do Heck have yeah. excellent taste in TV. I really you do. do. You I do. Mean, I've, I've had exes call me after a year and been like what show should I watch look I just need you to tell me what to watch I'm sorry I can't deal with it's too many choices what's good yeah like no drama we don't need to talk about anything just what should I watch yeah yep yeah I I do I have really good taste um in shows and really I that's my I have good taste really what I have good taste in is writers and creators did Um, you are you watching the Anna thing no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, because I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, um, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. I'm I'm trying to get over this migraine, and uh, 
Um, I'm wrapping up Bed to Me again. And then, yeah, maybe I'll take a look at Inventing Anna. Yeah. Well, and Sleep, please. Is it, is it a movie or is it a show? No, it's a show. Okay, good. I don't, and it's, if it, if and it's a show about a real girl that you can go on the real internet and really yeah. talk to. Like, she's the all Everything about it is like the first thing they do is flash you a big sign that says, This is all fiction, which reminds me of my short, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is all real and, and you're trying not to get sued. Interesting. Did, did you, okay, have you watched Perfect World? No. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, but I'm not done with inventing Anna either. I stopped watching Inventing Anna to do Dead to Me to get ready for this. Yeah, Perfect World is actually a documentary, and it's only it's the first one's 45 minutes and the second one's 50 minutes, so it's it's 110 minutes. Okay, it's not even two hours. It's a documentary. It's true crime meets video game playing. Oh, no, really, it's so fucking good. What's it called again? Perfect World. It's on Perfect World. It's on Peacock, and it's a Peacock. Uh, I don't. Um, yeah, but it's free. Peacock is free. So. But it has ads, right? Yeah, but they're Peacock ads. All right. Anyway, it's a perfect world. Also, okay. if you're paying attention to the TV, it's not hard to just mute the ads, look at your phone for two minutes, and then look back up. And, pre- and the, by the way, when you're watching Peacock, it tells you how long the ad is. It will say 45 seconds, and there will be a timer in the bottom of the screen. That does help. So... You know how long you have an ad for. You know how long you have to get up and go to the bathroom or get a snack or look at your phone before you unmute it. Right. Right? I mean, they tell you how long the ad is, literally. And they keep the All right. the whole time. So anyway, A Perfect World on Peacock. It is so good, but it's just a documentary, so it's not a lot of watching. Okay. Well, I I do appreciate the the recommendation, and I will find a way to tolerate the ads. Yeah, it is... I love true crime. Do you love true crime? No, I no. Okay, I love true crime. I watch Dateline like nobody's. Yeah, I don't watch any of that shit ever. Like, I am the biggest Criminal Minds fan. I love true crime. Unsolved Mysteries was my first true crime show that I loved. Um, but anyway, this true crime meets online gaming it's just it's so good and uh captivating and i love it Um, well you know i'm interested it sounds like possibly a little bit inspired by like real world squid games did you watch the squid games i haven't seen squid games yet oh well you know i have to say that i i personally you know how i am about reading solis yeah and you know how i'm obsessed with all things korean well, no, I didn't. But um, this show, I watched the whole show. I binged it. I couldn't stop watching it despite it having subtitles. Yeah. So it's that good that I fucking read the whole way through the show. Because yeah. I was like, but what's going on? This is too interesting. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's really like. I've, yeah, I've been obsessed with Korean TV for um since i was 38 so for like 11 years um i've been like absolutely obsessed with korean tv movies and tv shows um and so yeah i'm surprised i haven't watched it yet i i think i've i haven't really been doing anything new recently Uh i've been just doing the the good fallbacks you know the Mm -hmm. like watching monk and stuff um well you know it's a uh it's meant (laughs) deliberately to be a metaphor for capitalism right yeah i know all what it's about i think caitlin watched it even and the kids were telling me and um yeah i'm totally familiar with the plot and the the purpose of it i'm just i even i'm surprised but like i said i'm not doing anything new lately at all well, you have. It just hasn't been from this perspective it, of an audience member. You've been creating content rather than consuming true. content. And, that's and okay. I watch A Perfect World, which is less yeah. than two hours. So I did less than two hours of something new. And you've been doing lots of new things from the from as a content creator. Lots of new things. More that's more valuable than than watching new things. It really yeah. is. Uh, Creating content that nobody will ever consume. Yay! Yeah, whatever. It's all good, girl. Hey, we're having fun making it. And that's the whole point. 
That's All right, that too. I'm having so much fun with you. I love me. you. I infinity love you. I love you too. And we'd be having this conversation whether it was recorded or not. Exactly. Uh, because we talk about TV. That's one of the things we talk about. That's one of the things that we share. Yeah, so- that's. Yeah, that's totally like both yeah. of us use that as a safe place. Yeah, and as escape from our current life, as a safe place to be understood and experience emotion or whatever it may be for anyone. Like, yeah. For me, it is a it is a, a grand shelter yep. for my loneliness because yeah. I experience so much loneliness. See, mine, I don't get lonely. Maybe that's because I have the TV on all the time. But <laughs> um, I don't get lonely, but I definitely... Um, use it for a million reasons and it's usually as a shelter of some kind from something or another yeah art doesn't heal anybody what a moron what an idiot (laughs) where was this guy born and raised seriously what the fuck is he doing with his life man lame he must be sick as a motherfucker Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, if you have never been affected and changed by a TV show or a movie, then you can just keep right on walking, devil. Yeah, seriously, not today, Satan. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. God must not be paying any attention. Any attention. Or (laughs) just has no, or as a character trait, has no sense of insight whatsoever. I keep telling these writers, you know your characters too. Do you ever like think about what your fucking subtext is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your 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 subtext is artistic integrity looks like absolute obedience to your producers. <laughs> like yeah, that's so I gross. I'm always curious where the Chuck Lorre is and everything that he does. Where the what? Where the Chuck Lorre is and everything that he does. You know, what part of him is put in here? There's morsels of Chuck Lorre in everything. He, there's morsels of every writer in everything they do. And, well, yeah. you know, what are the little, what, where are the Chuck morsels? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Chuck Lorre is such a mystery to me for some reason. Fun. Anyway, okay. I'm going to go see what all these monsters are doing because now they're downstairs being loud and terrible. Yes. They are tearing Uh, apart your house. I apologize. Well, these are dirty kids. I mean, they spend all their time trucking out in the mud in the refugee, taking pictures of wildlife and stuff. Good for them, yay. But then they track it all in my house. Right. Everything else. And then the dogs get all crazy and everything. Anyway. Yeah. Well, send me pics, please. Okay. Well, thank you for hanging out with me today. I love you so much. Thank you, Solis. I infinity love you. Okay, well, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. This has been the fandom series with Salisa and Aaliyah, where we discuss all our favorite TV shows and other stuff that it makes us think about. Thank you so much for joining, and we hope you'll join us again. This has been a shoe obfuscation with Salisa Papagian, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks.